everyone. Welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I am your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey, CJ Wesley. This episode is brought to you by ClearSky. ClearSky is a definitive identity governance and automation solution built natively on ServiceNow. Look, we've built a great digital world where we can plug and play people into our applications and information globally. Great for speedy operations, but can be a nightmare for risk, security, and governance, who are left asking, who has access to what? Who authorized it? Should they still have it? When's the last time we checked? This is why CJ and the Duke love ClearSky. All the benefit of a company with decades worth of ILM and IGA experience with a solution that's built natively on the ServiceNow platform, which you already trust. ClearSky, a better way to IGA. Check the description below for episode CJ and I did on ClearSky, as well as how to contact them. All right, Corey, so what are we talking about today? Duke, today we're talking about everything, anything, and nothing at all, man. We sat down and we didn't necessarily have had have a topic, right? But we we've been on summer vacation, and and we felt like we needed to get something out. So we're here. We are yeah. <laughs> one episode in June. Couldn't decide, so we just thought, to hell with it. Let's just talk. Let's just chat, man. See what yeah. happens, right? So, so now you go. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on in the ServiceNow world of the Duke? Okay, uh, let's talk about giving value to the people who listen. And I'll start off with a thread that I did today. And I'll post that link in the description below. Uh, It was a LinkedIn thread because, man, I get like 15 minutes between activities to scroll LinkedIn and see what's up, right? That's how I collect my news. I see what's cool. I learn a hell of a lot. But you know what? You know what grinds my gears? <laughs> <laughs> What's that, Duke? Is I got to scroll. Like, I'm not I'm not kidding. Like, I got to scroll like 50 times to find something cool. Because uh. I'm scrolling through like, oh, I just got this micro cert. Or, hey, I took the fundamentals course. Like, not get the cert. I just took the fundamentals course. Or, And it's like, man, I can understand why a beginner would be proud of that. Right. But at the same time, it's like, if you want the spotlight you got to talk about stuff that's not your certs, your micro certs and your courses because that's doctrine, not experience. And secondly, they're practically no fail. Okay. Right. Okay. And so you're basically telling people like, Hey, you know, I, I read a pamphlet. I read some so, stuff. It doesn't, so it doesn't you a little bit on that. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> cause, cause I mean, yeah, micro certs, I, I think are practically no fail. Mm-hmm. But like the CSA, oh man, that, that was got some heft to it. Yeah. I mean, it's no, you're right. I know people who have failed the CSA and it's like, I'm not trying to shame them or make them feel bad or whatever. But I would say that I read a short book is essentially what these courses are, right? Right. Yeah. I, I, I read a short book and I took a test on what I read. Like they're yeah. not, they're not proposing thought invoking exercises it's recall of terms gotcha right it's not like on csa they're saying hey listen how would you handle a situation where you don't have access to time card days and somebody wants to do monthly billing based off of their time cards right it's not a a solutionizing test it's a recall test and it's just did you touch enough components such that you'd see the answer immediately because you did it once And so I can understand the sense of pride, but I think a lot of people on LinkedIn, especially the new bloods, right? They are trying to get some kind of exposure, some kind of spotlight. Yeah. So that they're more attractive as an employee, right? Some of these people are still looking for jobs after next gen or whatever. So it's like, 
hey, look at me. I got this microcert. And I'm like, it's not making you attractive. And so I put a thread today and I just really implore people, don't write about your doctrinal exam, your CSA, your microcert, your whatever. Provide insights. And you don't have to be a seasoned pro to have insights. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, today I built something with UI actions and this is what I learned about it. And it's like, yeah, maybe the pros are like, yeah, whatever. Everybody knows that. But not everybody knows that. (laughs) Right. And so, yeah, so I'd like to pick up on that thread, right, and say we don't have enough newbie thought leadership because there's a different view from folks who are just getting into the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. There's folks who are old and crufty and and been in the ecosystem from a long t- for a long time, right? Yeah. We often accept certain things as just the way they are and we've long since learned to work around them because we've yeah. been doing this for a decade. Or I haven't done it in five versions. Right. Or you know right. what I mean? And it's just yeah. like, no, the whole world turned upside down, buddy. Like, hurry up, right. grandpa, get up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> up exactly. Time. So, so yeah. All right. So I'm with you on that, right? Like I want to hear some more new voices. I want folks who've been only on the, in the system for, you know, zero to six months or zero to a year, yep. right? Who've just started getting built and who've just started using the UI and using the platform and just started with their first client. And they're going through this stuff and thinking, God, this doesn't make any sense in this area. Yeah. I want to hear that. Yeah. Like honest questions, the stuff that you learned the stuff that you found cool, yeah, um, but just not, I took this microcert or there's just so, a lot of, like, I, I see a lot of stuff to you. Like I learned UI policies. What was the cool thing that you learned? I learned flow designer. Okay. But <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But what What's blew you away about it or, or what's still confusing or what did you build with it? Yeah. Yeah. You know? What's the lesson there? What's the takeaway? What's the cool thing that you did there? And I think honestly, if you add that context to that statement, you get so yeah. much more inter- interaction on that post. You get so many more views, so many more eyeballs, right? And you, and you look so much better to potential employers because not only are you articulating that, hey, I know what a UI policy is, but you're actually showing that you know what a UI policy is exactly. and you've done something with it. And you don't know who doesn't know that. Yeah. And then you're either getting corrected or you're growing an audience. Yeah, exactly. And correction is good. Like I, I learn by challenge, right? Like mm-hmm. I like surrounding myself with folks who disagree with me, who are probably going to be smarter than me, because then I can challenge myself against their ideas or they can tell me how I'm wrong. And then I can either one, prove that I'm not or two, change my idea. Right. You need that challenge. You need that little bit of conflict. But you can't get that without putting new ideas out into the world, without opening yourself up to that little bit of critique so Mm -hmm. that folks can come in and offer that gentle correction or they can come in and offer that challenge to, you know, your thought piece. Right. So then you have to defend it. And during that defense, you figure out whether or not you're full of crap or not. (laughs) Another thing I think I'd put in here for everybody's consideration on the content creation game is imagine your post as being a meal and everybody's had a survival meal, right? (laughs) Yeah. You know, everybody's had a butter sandwich at one point in their life or like a single slice of bologna between two slices of bread. If you got it. Yeah. Syrup sandwich. Yeah. A a bowl of rice. Yeah. (laughs) And your memory of it depletes, right? I ate a bowl of rice. It's done. I forgot about it. Right. Got the calories moved on. 
Yeah, exactly. But then, Corey, I very much remember the first time I had fries and duck fat. You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, <laughs> Life how changes. dare you keep this a secret from me? <laughs> and I'll lie in bed at night. Oh, those duck fat fries, man. Oh, every time I have an inferior fry, I'm like, this would be better if it was duck fat fries. <laughs> so you see, like, if your post is a meal, if you're saying, hey, I got my micro cert, somebody like likes it or claps their hands, that's their survival meal. They're like, yeah, okay, good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. But they don't remember it a day later. True. But if you throw some salt on that baby and just say, <laughs> like, I learned this thing. That's the spice. This is the insight. The insight is the spice. And people remember that a lot longer. Dude, let's walk through this because I just got my microcert in virtual agent. And I've learned that I can create pre-formatted conversations and integrate with teams to get bring my people, blah, blah, blah. And this is how you do it. All of a sudden, that post goes from vanilla to freaking cookie dough. <laughs> yep. You know? I mean, I was wrestling all day with the fact that this email wouldn't send on test. And then I realized that I was the event creator and the send from event creator wasn't checked off. Oh man, who hasn't done that? Yeah. I mean, but <laughs> think about all the people who don't even know that. Who's, right? who, who have never spent the four hours troubleshooting before they finally double checked that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, right. And it's just a simple, simple thing. And you discover it. You're either reminding the old timers. Yep. And we're uh, going to come reminisce with you, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or there's other people who haven't seen that. It's so vast. Like you just, once you start dipping the toe in the content that you have insight on, you're never going to go back. And you, it will not take much for you to be suddenly a player in the space. You know, maybe you're not going to get MVP or dev MVP or whatever, but people remember your name when they get insights from you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and now where I went from just desiring to have new voices in the ecosystem, specifically new voices to the ecosystem in the ecosystem. Now I'm pissed off that we don't have these new voices to the ecosystem in the ecosystem, right? Like, because there's so much value. I feel like that that's missing. Right. Like the, that those voices can bring to the ecosystem. And yeah, in, in, in fairness to them, right, like they're new, they, they're not sure. Right. And I get it. If you're just learning service now and, you, and some and some folks are just new to technology, I get that it feels, you know, a little uncertain, maybe a little a little a little anxious. Right. Maybe you have a little anxiety around putting yourself out there like that. Yeah. Let me tell you, it was the best thing I ever did. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I didn't start off as CJ. I didn't start off as the person who would pop up and, and write something about this, that or of the other kind of thought piece or, you know, expound up, uh, upon whatever service now technology. I mean, I didn't. I was in my cube. I did my work. Right. I mean, I, I built solutions. It was all cool, but I didn't talk about it. But let me tell you, when I started to talk about it, <laughs> when I started to kind of open myself up to the world and put myself out there, oh, life changing, completely life changing. So Duke, from your perspective, you're right, and I'll, I'll, and and maybe I, maybe I should go first on here. I always kind of put you on the spot on these things, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, my, my thinking is, it's like, okay, now that we've we've got everyone kind of amped up, right, for you know jumping out here and writing their innermost thoughts on LinkedIn or Twitter for everyone in the ServiceNow ecosystem to read, you know, how about we give them some tips on how we can do this, right? Like how you can do this effectively. 
Mm. And, and I'll kick it out. I'll kick it off a little bit. And I'll, I'll say is that you have to make sure that you're communicating for the medium that you choose. And that means if you're communicating on Twitter, don't bring the LinkedIn style of writing to Twitter. Twitter is microblogging at its heart, right? Like, I mean, you can create a thread and those seem to be pretty popular and get some views. So maybe I would encourage some of that. But don't write a full-on article-length thought piece that you would publish on LinkedIn and then bring that to Twitter and then wonder why you're not getting any engagement. Choose the style for the platform and, and really kind of sink in on that. And, you know, and, and the way and how do you know, right? Like, it's just look at what other folks are doing who are getting engagement. So if you see folks on LinkedIn and they're publishing longer pieces with lots of graphics, and really technical or really thought provoking, you know, kind of emulate that style. You don't have to emulate the content, but emulate that style. If you see that as getting a lot of engagement, because you want all the shortcuts you can get, right? When mm-hmm. you're early, as you build up your following, it won't matter as much, right? Like once you get like, I don't know, 2000 LinkedIn folks or however many Twitter folks constitutes having a lot, I don't have a lot, you know, then you can kind of experiment and kind of do your own thing. And, and your engagement will be there because you built your community. But, building the community, right? Like you want to try to find what those norms are. You want to adhere to them, you know, I say 80, 90% of the time and utilize that to kind of bootstrap yourself onto the next level. What do you think, Duke? I haven't put as much thought into as you have, evidently. <laughs> but yeah, the Twitter What do you LinkedIn. do? Well, I don't do much Twitter anymore for service okay. now. I feel like there's way more useful content on a LinkedIn feed for the ServiceNow hashtag. Right than on Twitter. Like if you go on Twitter, it's 99% robo posts from every big vendor's marketing robot. See, so that's a tip right there, right? Like, you know, the first thing you're saying is you can probably skip Twitter. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting it on Twitter because I follow the people, not because I'm looking at the ServiceNow hashtag versus on LinkedIn. I will go to the ServiceNow hashtag a lot. And actually that dovetails into one thing I'd add also is hashtag smartly. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, just don't write a whole sentence of hashtags. That's lame. <laughs> so you hashtag service now, obviously. But you got to keep in mind, this is like a hashtag is something in LinkedIn anyway, that you click and you see posts about that. So if it's like, oh, hey, I want to do a service now dev meetup. Don't hashtag meetup. Right. Because people are going to like click that and they're going to see like how many people in all of LinkedIn are talking about meetups bazillions. It's useless. Yeah. It, it has yeah. no value. But you'll notice that anytime I mention on my mega threads where I say, if you want to learn more about this, listen to this CJ and the Duke episode. Guess what is hashtagged? Right. CJ and the Duke. Right. Because you can click that and now you're seeing any mention of CJ and the Duke in LinkedIn. So that's super smart. Hashtagging and using that as like basically what it was designed for, right? Like mm-hmm. that cross-reference point to be able to follow interests. And, you know, doing that smartly based on audience sizes for the hashtag too, right? Because just like other folks are going to click on it, you can click on it too. You can see what the audience looks like for that hashtag and whether or not it's even worth doing, right? And and then secondly, like with the CJ and the Duke hashtag, right? Like obviously that's something that we're building ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you click on that initially, when you create the hashtag, it might only have a follower of one. But over time, right, as you get a reputation, as you build content, as you get more and more likes, shares and so forth, that hashtag will go from it'll just be great watching it go from one to 10 to 50 to 100. Yeah. I think like 
I use hashtags a lot more on LinkedIn for some reason than Twitter, but I've got a bunch of them. And I think they work. Like better. I learned it from Joseph Lawton, right? Where yeah. he kind of had his own hashtag. And so I'm like, oh, I can do that too. So I got a hashtag for CJ and the Duke, hashtag for Titans of Service now, hashtag tag for the Duke goes with the flow. And I put those in my posts so that people can start following them. And it elevates that up on their feed. So if you're like a new blood or whatever, not even if you're new, right? If you just want to have more recognition, then make your own hashtags. <laughs> make your hashtag that's just you. That's love, dude. I love that. I mean, now that you even mentioned this, right? A sidebar, right? Like, so now that you're even mentioning this, I can even see how this becomes like a great self-promotion tool. Not from the promotion to an audience or community, right? But for employers, right? Yeah. As you start to build content, you can have a separate hashtag for things that you want to show to an employer, you know, when they kind of contact you. It's like, hey, what you got out here? Funny, you should mention it. Here's a link to my uh, portfolio via LinkedIn. Use this hashtag, right? Send them that, you know, that hashtag and they get a, just a list, right? Of all of the things that you've posted, whether that's YouTube videos that you've shared on LinkedIn, whether it's articles, whether it's just, you know, witty insights, thought mm -hmm. leadership pieces, whatever. And it's curated by you because you picked the hashtag. Dude, I'm telling you, like, this that's is- a unlock. This is, <laughs> this is bigger than hashtags even, but what you said has really fundamentally reminded me of something that I do. And that is whenever I'm searching for contract work or talking to people about how do we know we want you on ServiceNow, right? So there's obviously the resume, right? Right. But I have a separate artifact that I send them. And it's like, here's a collection of some of my best thoughts on ServiceNow. Oh, I love that. And it's one page long. It's embedded hyperlinks. Here's my thoughts on documentation. Here's my thoughts on blah, blah, blah. They almost don't have to interview you because they could just scan down that list and see your blogs, your YouTube videos, your LinkedIn posts, your LinkedIn hashtag, whatever yeah. channel you want to send them to. And they could be like, wow, like I can learn a lot more about Robert if I just look at this page once than even sitting to interview him. Dude, that right there is like a master in marketing. Ah, <laughs> it's done to like, you like, okay. <laughs> We're giving you that one for free, guys. You don't even understand how much that's <laughs> worth right now. <laughs> we need a chip. We need a tip jar. We really do. <laughs> seriously, man. Seriously, like you, that, that's mind blowing right there. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell my marketing buddy about that. And he's gonna flip out because it is absolutely true. I never thought about it. I'm gonna do it too. I mean, I haven't done it. You you've been holding out on me, dude. I don't really appreciate it. <laughs> but, five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna put a PayPal link in the description below. <laughs> I got tree fitty. <laughs> I can use a tree in my yard. <laughs> But dude, like that's that's huge right there. That is that's so huge, especially in this ecosystem. If you're an independent consultant like we are, right? Like where where you're often pitching yourself over and over and over again. I mean, that's 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 yeah. Anyway, like I, I can't. I can't <laughs> but uh, it's just like a, it's where the content creation pays off, right? Right. Sometimes you get paid for your content, and that's awesome. Right. But if I've never got a sponsorship revenue for my content, it for sure has saved me interviews, right? Yeah. Or saved me the depth of the interview because it's just, hey, here's what I know on a plate. I have right. hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of content, thousands of words, and you, it's all open to you. Here's a list of an index of it. 
this could have been another entry on the on the last show we did, right? Like this is why we do it. Because <laughs> this is also why we do it, right? Why we create the content, why we give back to the community. You know, we do it because we like to, we love to, right? We love helping folks, but it also has a self-serving component to it too, right? Like you put all this stuff, you package it up and then boom, this is who I am, pay me. <laughs> and it's great. All right, man, dude. So yeah, well, what what else, what else we got, man? I mean, we're we cooking with gas here today, man. We just sat down here. We have we had no topic, and I feel like this oh, is oh, all oh, one okay. of our better episodes. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Thumbnails. Ooh. If you don't, you dare <laughs> put something more than a paragraph on LinkedIn without even thinking of a thumbnail for it. Those are the things on LinkedIn. Like if you're scroll, 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 you see an image, you stop, right? Like, yep. even if it's for a millisecond, your brain's like, wait a second. Yep. But it, you can scroll through hundreds of paragraphs and you won't stop. Yeah. Your brain yep. won't tell you, stop, stop, stop. There's something I need to read there. It's image first. It's just like monkey brain. Ooh, shiny. Ooh, oh, shiny. And then you see yeah. it. And then a millisecond later, your brain has decided, oh, that's, I want to learn more about that. Like they just read the title. We're talking like seconds, fractions of seconds. Um, Let me tell you, right? Like real time as we're as we're recording this, I'm scrolling LinkedIn, right? To, to just to test this theory. And what I'd say here is, is I was scrolling, right? I did stop on a post with an image in it, right? Like the thumbnail. And that the funny thing is, is that thumbnail has text, right? It's code yep. that I would probably never see embedded in a paragraph. But because they took the main part of this code out and turned it into an image and embedded it in the post, it stood out. That's one thing. But here's the second thing that they did that was pretty awesome, right? Knowing the medium. So when they decided on what image to put in this post, LinkedIn, at least for me, I don't know if you can theme it or not, but I, I don't think you can. But it is a beige background and the posts are white, right? Like, so you've got a white background on the post you've got black text on it and then you've got as a, as the site as a whole is like a beige-ish kind of color right like the most mm -hmm. corporate blandish color scheme you can find and what this person did is that the code window that they took as an image black with colorful text instantly stands out as i'm scrolling instantly stands out i know this is in text this isn't like a corporate logo this is interesting why yeah, I, I stop mean, and take a look? <laughs> like, do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube and say how to make a YouTube thumbnail or even how to make a thumbnail. Okay. There are hundreds of pages of results. <laughs> and it's not like eight views a video. It's astounding how much content is on YouTube just around thumbnails. They got to be important if there's that much out there. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think it's a new science almost, or for years people have been experimenting and it's just like, and, and tastes change and trends change and people get tapped out of one idea and like some new thumbnail concept comes out and everybody's like, hey, do this. So I'm not saying like you have to be peak fashion on thumbnails, but sure. it makes a difference, a huge difference. And even, even in mine, I can tell a difference between like, I, I used to generate all my thumbnails and then I got like a thumbnail dude from Fiverr who's awesome. And so I just <laughs> I passed the work on to him, but I can tell a difference in reactions. All right. Those thumbnails versus the ones I, I've made myself. Yes. So let's talk about leveling up. You mentioned Fiverr. Fiverr's a level up. 
You got a guy, he builds your thumbnails, probably costs you next to nothing comparatively to the value you get out of it, saves you a ton of time, right? Let's you produce more content faster and quicker because now a lot of that intricate process of creating the right thumbnail and all of that thought work that goes into it, you've offloaded right now. You've turned that from a creation to an approval and that lets you be more productive. That's what I'm talking about when I say leveling up. When you actually get to the point where you've got your content generation engine humming, now you want to think about how do you level that thing up so you can get more content out there because the thumbnail is great, but the thumbnail is the lead gen to the content. The thumbnail is there to get your content attention. Yeah. And so you want more content so you can get more attention because the content is there to get you attention, right? So it's thumbnail, content, you. That's the pipeline. Yep. It doesn't take that long either. You just have to be a little bit more mindful about it. So think about not so much color, complementary colors. That's like a five minute Google search can teach you everything you need to know about color selection. Then just Google up what's a really common good thumbnail font. Use that. It doesn't have to be super fancy. For the amount of time it takes to make good ones, huge payoff, like massive payoff. And let's transition. Like sometimes it's not LinkedIn or Twitter. Maybe we're talking about the YouTube content right now. Flat out, there are so many videos on YouTube that probably deserve a watch. But it's like you look at the the thumbnail, it's like, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, right? And it's not like I haven't mindfully thought and, and, you know, I did a cost benefit analysis of how much time it w- will this be valuable for my time. I just looked at it and my monkey brain said, no, <laughs> 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 not shiny. <laughs> right. Right. It, my conscious mind had nothing to do with it. That was primate Rob. Just like not shiny. <laughs> and you can complain about it all you want. But this is reality. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely, Duke. And, 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 you know, as we chat about this, I'm sensing like a, a theme emerge here of marketing yourself. Right. And it's important. Right. Marketing is important to ca- in marketing. It's important to capture the attention of your audience. And as you said, not shiny, skipping past it. Right. Yep. Saw a billboard today uh, when I was coming home from picking up my kid at uh, day camp and that I remember that billboard. I, I looked at that thing. I was like, oh, my God, that's an awesome billboard. And right. And so I wrote it. I, I, I didn't write it down. I was driving. Right. But I remembered it. Right. And then I wrote it down when I got home. So now I'm going to go and Google the company just so I can figure out what the heck, like what, what's so awesome about this billboard. Right. It, it caught my attention. Mm-hmm. So it, these things work is my point here. Right. Like and, and this is like a, a, a something that's not unique to the ServiceNow ecosystem. It's been going on for a while. People use marketing everywhere and it's always about capturing the attention of your audience. And the yep. key to doing that sometimes is bright and shiny. I just I'll say it if you especially. I mean, I do I do thumbnails for my LinkedIn content. The last yeah, two man, posts I've done have been thumbnailed. But oh, my goodness, if you're going to spend the immense amount of time it takes to build something on YouTube, like record a video, edit it, all that stuff, for heaven's sake, get yourself a 10-minute education on thumbnailing. Please, you're going to spend two hours on editing. (laughs) Spend 10% of that time learning how to make a thumbnail so that you get the eyeballs that you deserve. Man, I'm about to thumbnail my emails. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I I actually do that too on my mailing list. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Right there. Right there. Yeah. Should we talk about a mailing list? 
<laughs> Let's talk about a mailing list, right? Because as you start to create this audience, right, this community around your content, the mailing list is the next step. That's where you become less dependent on the platforms that you're utilizing mm-hmm. and you start to form that more one-to-one relationship with the people who actually like your content. And not just like that one video you made or that one article you wrote, yeah. right? But they like all of the stuff that you do, or at least most of it, right? They like it enough that they want to see it when you do it. That's what your mailing list becomes. It gives you direct access to those folks and they get direct access to you. And now you actually have the beginning of a community. Mm. I'm so, so on mailing list now. Like I know I have one and it'll be in the description below, but it's, <laughs> it's really hard one. to figure out what it's, it's right for. Like here. sometimes you're just like, Okay, now it's a bottleneck service, right? You can't just see me post this on LinkedIn. You have to subscribe to see it. So it's obfuscated. It's hidden. And sometimes it's just, is it more valuable hidden or is it more valuable just set out in the open? And I'm still trying to figure that out for myself. What I will say is that for some reason, mailing lists get a lot more personal way faster. Yeah. Like you got to grow a thick skin before you have a mailing list. Holy cow. One time (laughs) I slaved over this mailing list entry about testing, right? And I ranted about this in our last episode too, like ATF and how it doesn't scale. And I was like, it has to deliver value before anything. And I really telling people like, here's what you're in for. If you say we are going to test at scale. Right. I slaved over it. And then at the end, I mentioned a friend of mine's business, dotwalk.io who got bought by ServiceNow because their ATF replacement is just so much better. Right. And you wouldn't believe the poison that I had to read through after that. Like, how dare you market to me? What? <laughs> yeah. Some lead architect at <laughs> talking about pages and pages screed. He was so angry that this had sponsored material in it. And how dare I? <laughs> you know, and you how just, I'm like, uh, how I'm like greedy and, and all of these, like I uh, have terrible character because I'm not giving away everything for free. I'm like, Hey, this, you do you, man, you make a mailing list, yeah, but there exactly. was value in this one right there. So I totally went on a rant there, but the, the key is it's a way different paradigm. I think people are very sensitive about the amount of stuff that comes into their inbox. And so people will report you for spam right after they signed up. You know, <laughs> you know, they will do that. Uh, they will flag you for phishing and they will say awful, awful things when they unsubscribe. So if you want to do a mailing list, just be prepared for seeing the worst parts of the people in our ecosystem. Man, so that sucks. Number one. <laughs> I mean, that, that really, really sucks because presumably if you ended up on my mailing list, it's because you opted into it. This is the opt-in sort of thing. I didn't find your email somewhere. I didn't buy it from like some shady black market or gray market, like data peddlers or whatever. You came to my newsletter and you put your email address in and you click subscribe. And so because you did that, now you get my content. If you no longer want my content at the end of every newsletter, it's also a button called unsubscribe. Right. (laughs) Like this is a very simple and simplistic and straightforward relationship. You will get my content if you ask for it until you stop asking for it, then you will no longer get it. Like anyone who's got a problem, 
with that anyone who's making it personal who goes on like a screed because you happen to put in your email newsletter whatever the hell you want it to presumably they opted into it like that's just crazy man and that's the them problem that ain't you problem It's like, I'm not going to lie about, yes, I do sponsorships, right? I, I right. get sponsorships for my YouTube videos. CJ and the Duke has sponsors, which you should check out in the description below. Uh, <laughs> Dude, the and title yeah, my- of this episode in the description below. <laughs> and yeah, in my mailing list once I sent a sponsored thing, but it's just like, people have to understand. It's not like I just took anybody off the street. You know what I mean? Because this isn't feeding my family. This is like insignificant amount of money. <laughs> yeah right so right. but it justifies the time and it's like yeah. i worked really hard at this solution is awesome more people should know about it yes i'm going to make them pay me to say that to the world but it's still awesome <laughs> right anyway Dude, and, and no but but the one further thing on that before we switch up is that even if this is an insignificant amount of money right the skills that you learn by having a, an email newsletter by learning how to include sponsorship in it by doing all these sorts of things, right? You can now take those skills and translate them into something that else that you might do that might be explicitly for the purposes of making large sums of money. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Man, dude, this is, we said, we said, now we riff, man, it's like an hour later. <laughs> it's dark outside. Now the sun's gone. <laughs> My kids are like, feed me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. This was a good one. Yeah, we'll see you on the next one, folks. Later, guys. CJ and the Duke is hosted by Robert the Duke Fedoric and Corey CJ Wesley. We are both freelance vendor agnostic ServiceNow experts who can help you in three different ways. If you want a true consigliere in your corner for your ServiceNow implementation, if you want to tell your customer story on CJ and the Duke, or if you want your brand in front of the largest independent ServiceNow podcast community, check the links below for how to contact us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.